We are live. We're live. And we are in person. We're back. We're back. We're back and we're, we're back. in person. Hey, we, 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 we teed up episode one and we're committed to it. We're in. We're back for number two. We're in. And as you know, if you listen to episode one, we're in the second stage of a 10-part series on what you need to know about Bitcoin. And the whole goal here is not to um, blow you away with our with our deep, deep understanding of macro and microeconomics and global monetary policy. It's to talk to our friends in a scalable way about why this Bitcoin thing is a pretty neat idea. That's right. And to recap briefly, last time, uh, our theme, Mo Money, Mo Problems, uh, we talked about Mo Money. And what we talked about essentially was the idea that if you're a politician, if you're in the government, and you have access to the money printing machine, the incentive is to print more money. It's yes. also human nature. It makes sense. More money, Dan, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, Tie me up for and some yet, of that. that's only the mo money part of the proposition. Ah, but there's more. Today, we're going to talk about the mo problems. So, Alas. give us a quick soundbite, Dan, on why mo money, in fact, is in this context, mo problems. I Spicy hot take. Spicy hot take. Let's see it. Because it makes everything so ridiculously expensive. Boom. That's why. Done. Boom. Hey, hope you enjoyed the pod today. Yeah. We'll be it's back. Our for episode three. Yeah. The next 42 minutes are going to be ad space. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but let's let's tease this out. Yeah, yeah. Because there's there is some there's a lot of in here. And I think I think people should should think about it. Yeah. But but that is the answer. Printing more money creates more money in the economy, chasing the same number of goods, same number of houses, same number of things. It's cutting up the same size pie into infinitely more pieces. That's right. There's not more pie. There's more pieces. So each piece is worth less. That's right. Exactly. So there, the, the, the term is inflation. Yep. And that prices are rising. Yep, they're inflating. Inflating. <laughs> Leah is getting larger. Laugh, although it's not remotely funny. It is tragic for so many people, and it's happening. Wait, stop all there. Why us. is it tragic for so many people? Well, not just because things cost more, but what does it mean to the dollars in your pocket? Right. Exactly. Well, good. Th thank you for the it, <laughs> excellent question. Because it is tragic. It is tragic. The the economic term, but I think it's the. It's a term that people can also just understand is it means the purchasing power yeah. of money yep. is going down. Yep. So price is going up, which just means dollars can buy less. Right. Now, we see it all around us. I mean, you don't have to tell anyone that the world has gotten ridiculously expensive. Right. Go to the grocery store. Fill up your car with gas. Right. Pay your, your energy bill. Right. Try buying a house. Right. Now, it is... It's everyone feels it. So mm -hmm. inflation impacts everyone because everyone consumes, like everyone buys things. Mm -hmm. Everything's more expensive for we everyone. We're consumers. We, we sure are. We, are, we, we sure are we're consumers. We're consuming people. The, our, um, our audience are, is a bunch of consumers, if I had to guess. Well, I would, uh, yeah. I mean, I hope they're very generous with their donations too, uh, eventually. You know? Givers and takers. You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Givers and takers. <laughs> um, but the tr the tragic part is that 
as everything becomes more and more expensive, it impacts the people at the lowest end of the income scale by far the most. Yep. If if prices of groceries double, rich people can still afford it. Right. People who are living paycheck to paycheck, of which that's just not the lowest sort of rung. That's sort of it's obvious to see. It's actually most right. most households are living paycheck to paycheck. Right. So if now you're, I mean, what do what do people spend their money on in any given month? Right. Housing, right? Food, right? Energy, transportation. Mm -hmm. Like these are not negotiable. These are what people have you right. to live in this you world. You got to drive to get to your job. You got to fill your car up with gas That's to get. Eat. Yeah, you got to eat. And you can do all kinds of things to belt tighten, as a lot yeah. of people have. You know, I do. And yet, many of these things are unavoidable. Right. Price of gas is unavoidable. Right. Well, you can get an electric car. Well, those are expensive, right. and you have to. Charge your electric car. Right. Where do you think that energy comes from? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's, it is, it is a, it is a tragic consequence of this thing that we frankly like blindly just buy into, which is that things get more expensive every year. But also, it, it's, you had said to me once, and this was a big impact moment. This was a, if you will, a one way ratchet moment. When you talked about inflation as theft, oh, yeah. uh, the idea that, the dollar that you get is that the second you get it decreases in value. And, and what's the stat about the dollar value over, over the last hundred years, it's gone down by some astronomical the percent. Purchasing power of the purchasing dollar power, yeah. has decreased by something like 98% right. in the last hundred years, but something closer to 50% in the last 30 years. Right. So in, in our lifetimes, in our listeners' lifetimes, what did you fifty percent? Yeah, right. So your dollar is is actually worth fifty cents, and that's that's this that's this sort of shadow theft that's going on. Well, that's so when people say that inflation is theft, and this is a term or or you know a concept, yeah, that is very core to Bitcoin yep. to Bitcoiners, mm -hmm. because this is one of those things that people rarely think of it this way. Yeah, but once you see it this way, yeah, you will never unsee it, and you'll never look at it right differently again. It's theft because when you think about what is money, mm -hmm. right? Money is what people exchange their time and their labor mm -hmm. and their efforts for. It is, it is another. It is a store of our our collective efforts and time in this world. Right. 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 I mean, that's what that's what people do. Mm -hmm. You work for money. Mm -hmm. If the government is creating more and more of those units, though, you think about it. You work all year long right. for money. Right. Government just prints more of it for free. Right. And adds it to circulation, decreasing your purchasing power. So you can buy fewer things right. for the same amount of dollars right. year after year after year. So what they're really doing is they're taking your time. Yeah, they are. Which that's is the theft way part. more insidious than taking your money. Really is insidious because it's not that this is done by accident. Right. Okay. So here's the question. Like, we're obviously not the first two people to piece together the fact that printing more money turns into this problem of inflation. There, there are a lot of people who understand that. A lot of people next to the money printer who understand that. So Why? Why, why is this happening? Why are we just printing more and more money? Well, right. The fact that they do understand it is, is really the insidious part. Right. Is this is the game. Right. 
I mean, this really is the game. And I think this is something we should spend just a little bit of time drilling home. Yeah. Because this is the concept I want everyone who hears this pod mm -hmm. to understand. Mm -hmm. This is a very significant ratchet moment yep. in one's understanding of the world. Is that this isn't some happenstance or some unfortunate byproduct of good intention government decisions. Right. This is quite literally the game mm -hmm. is that governments want to do all kinds of things, right? But they don't have the courage mm -hmm. and the backbone to live within a balanced budget. Mm -hmm. Like we all have to, right? We all have to, why can't they? Right. They don't because they want to stay in power as we talked about last and, time. And by the way, like they're, mo they're, they're very public moments every, every, six months to a year of of the hitting almost hitting the debt ceiling oh. very public those by the oh. way are all just wonderful political sound bites for each of them so it's this it's, theater it's, it's theater. this kabuki theater built around this thing that if that were happening in in one's household that would be a full existential moment of panic so we've hit this we've hit the debt ceiling 78 times in the last 30 some years yeah and do you know how many times they've raised the debt ceiling? 78 times. 78 times. Right. Right. It's theater. It's theater. It's absurd. It's political theater. And if 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 you if you need an example of the just inextricable link between politics and and, and money, I mean, look no further. I mean look that's no the further. best example. And it's all about having the moment in front of CNN or in front of MSNBC or in front of Fox news and being able to sort of put your, put your, your name out there attached with one thing or the other and how you did your part and how you tried to do it for reelection purposes. And that's what we talked about last time is, is, is it's all about this 24 seven, not news cycle, but 24 seven election cycle, staying in power, staying in power, staying in power, close to the money printer, to the money printer. Right. This year, I mean, if people may recall, earlier in the year, January, February, I can't recall, but the last, the, the, the last debt ceiling, yep. we've gone $2 trillion more in debt since then, this year. And, and, it's, and well, it's, we're adding to it every day. And so actually, that's a good, good point because you know, the reality is they, they need to do it. Why? Because they have some pretty hefty bills to Well, pay. they do. They do. So- if if we can, let's put the the why, put mm -hmm. a pin in that. Put a pin later. in the why because I, I do I want to just stay a little bit more on the the insidious game. Yeah. that this is. Let's get right? into the insidious let's, let's, game. <laughs> Wicked game. That's going to be a good like good album. Insidious game. Insidious game. Isn't that a U two album? It should have been. Oh please, no please, let's not get started. I mean, the sphere <laughs> looks amazing. The only problem with going to a it night looks the sphere, yeah, well, massive vertigo. Dude. It's massive vertigo. The only problem with going to see a show at the Sphere is the U two part, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I can't stand U two. Yeah, I, I'm with you. My brother refers to my brother as a musician refers to them as a mediocre disco band. Ah, oh, I, I, I wish there was more disco. <laughs> you, I, here's my problem with them is. When people introduce themselves by their nickname and has a the in front of it, I mean, I do have a right. the edge. The edge. So the insidious game, 
Insidious game. That is inflation. Because the government can't get their acts together, they keep racking up these ginormous bills, Mm -hmm. right? They know they can't pay for them, but they do have this money printer, and they also have the ability to borrow, and they're inextricably linked. And they're just passing on the expensive world to us, and in particular to our kids. So this is where it really drives home. We're both parents. But for people who have kids or people that care about kids right. or the future, right. it's they are inheriting a world that is now becoming just – it's unfathomable what things will cost for their world in the future. Right. And this is – this is an exponential thing. Right. It's the, it's the It compounds. Compounding. It's compounding. Right. And they know it very well. So they're just passing on their bad decisions, their yep. mismanagement. Yep. Their mismanagement gets socialized across society. Right. We bear the cost of it. Right. They get the benefit of it mm-hmm. by staying in power and amassing fortunes by staying in power. Bipartisan. I'm not pointing out left or right. They yep. both do it. Yeah. And all the costs are spread to us, but not equally to us. Like right. I said before, it impacts the poorest people the most. Right. And that is awful Mm -hmm. and that is something that should make you mad right when i started realizing this and i have to admit i mean i i I consider myself a bright person you know i've been i've been to graduate (laughs) school not that that matters but it i never saw it this way no i'm kind of aware of it but i never really saw it actually this for me is like a meta sort of one-way ratchet moment like like you i've been to school and taking classes and all of this stuff. And I read a lot and I read the news and I read literature and I'm, I I feel like I'm engaged in the public discourse at any given moment. But until I started learning and still until I started getting learned on Bitcoin, you know, for me, Bitcoin was like the thing that enabled me to see all of these other things more clearly. It was a lens right. through which you could actually have a really cl- crystal clear picture on all of these other things that just felt like the way life was. Like things get more expensive and costs go up and a dollar now isn't what it was 20 years ago and et cetera, et cetera. That just felt like the thing like, oh, you get older, you get gray, it's harder to stay in shape and all of your cholesterol goes, whatever, all the, all the like sort of physical laws of the universe, inflation felt like one of them and money printing and debt and debt ceilings and debt ceiling, you know, standoffs. It just felt like a way of the universe. Yeah. But I think but that the this point, 2% inflation rate is just something that's like natural or something. Yeah. Like, spo- a, like a law to, of the world, yes. like, like, uh, like tides or, 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 or sunsets. Yeah. Like just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, with and, and it wasn't until, and that's actually the beauty of, of just letting yourself be pulled into this understanding of Bitcoin. What are these swept into the tide? So to speak. Yeah. Whether you buy it, whether you ultimately decide, hey, this is for me, and I'm going to buy some Bitcoin or not, I that I, I could care less about that. But the the intellectual process of of saying I'm going to learn about this thing 
sheds light on every other thing that for me, I've taken for granted my entire life. I mean, I'm not an economist or, or work in finance or anything like that, but I feel like I sort of have a, have a, a, a passing understanding of those topics. And I never understood it in the way that I do now because of Bitcoin. Yeah, and that, that, is... and that, and by the way, that to me is like the purpose of doing this podcast is like enlightenment about these things that are things that we sort of take for granted or, or assume are, are, are natural laws that actually are, are very human things that are just built into our understanding of how the system works. Oh man. I mean, that is so well said. That is exactly why we're doing this Yeah, is to spark and, um, you know, maybe help curate a little bit people's journey, but it's really to spark the thought process to encourage people to learn about Bitcoin. Yeah. Take a step or two closer to Bitcoin. It is so rewarding. And we don't care if you buy any. No. We're never going to know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, by the way, yeah. we're not going to know. Yeah. You don't have to tell us. We're not going to ask you. We'll, we'll get to encryption <laughs> in, in a later uh, yeah. episode. But it's, it's just learning about it because it, it, everything you just said is exactly what drew me into it. You, a massive light bulb goes off. Yeah. There's always metaphors. You yeah. know, the light bulb, the one one way ratchet, rabbit holes. They all apply because the more time you spend learning about it, it's not a lot of time and it's not complicated. Yeah. It's just a willingness to start exploring what a hard money means. And and exploring really the way that the current world is this manufactured fake? I mean, like everything you were saying about how it seemed like a natural law, it's it's the most man-made um, thing, right? right? But they they think they they try to condition people into thinking that it is right, just natural, right? Like you said, so people accept it. Well, and it's interesting too, right? So if we, it, you know, the topic tonight is about inflation and things costing more, but there there are some pretty great counterexamples. So like. Oh yeah. You know, on the wall we have a, a flat screen TV and 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 every handful of years, call it 6 years, I'll get a new t television and and the quality of the TV goes up, the the weight of the TV goes down, the picture quality goes up, everything everything about the TV is better. And the thing that goes down is the cost. That's right. And so like they're actually it's not a natural law because some things, especially technology or technology adjacent things, get cheaper with time. That's sort of the purpose, efficiency and, and, and price and, and ability to mass produce. Like that's actually sort of the goal of a lot of things. That's right. But hot dogs at Costco. Yeah. Well, the, the shorthand way that I've heard people describe this uh, is that technology is deflationary. Yeah. Technology drives the prices down right. on things. It makes perfect sense. Just right. a TV example you gave us. Innovation. Perfect. Innovation. Right. We get so much smarter. The computer chips are so much faster. Right. Everything. I mean, my God, you know, the phone, whatever version phone you have, it costs in dollars probably a similar amount to the phone, you know, 10 versions ago. Right. Except they're night and day better. Right. right. They're dramatically right. better for the same money. So, so many examples of it. So 
the fact that the government is trying to purposely inflate prices, right? Uh, ag- working against the tide of technology and deflation is it they have to do even more. I mean, essentially, the money printing has to overtake the effects of right. technology right. and innovation. And you know, think think about the reduction in labor of, of big farming and stuff. I mean, not that it's great, you know, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah, I would prefer a world with more local farmers and things like that. But mm-hmm. the, yeah, but if you just think about economics, we can do so much more with machinery than we used to have to do with lots of humans. Right. It's far more efficient. Right. Drives down prices. It should. Right. Worry not for the money printing. Right. But there's another piece which just makes me think about, you know, we we talked before about the gold standard. Yeah. And just to juxtapose the world under a hard money standard, there was almost no inflation. Right. No, it's been so long ago, it's in no one's actual human memory right. to look in the history books. But this is an interesting stat. I always found this fascinating. Did you know that an ounce of gold has been, it's, it's been a rough measure of the cost of a fine man, a man's sort of fine. <laughs> of a fine man. <laughs> fine man. <laughs> I bought a few fine, fine. <laughs> Man with for an ounce of gold. Oh, yeah. This uh, was one for the archives. Well, Dan's been purchasing fine I, men. I, I may, I may or may not edit that out. We'll see. We'll see. The um, talk about one way ratchet. <laughs> but a a a man's fine uh, suit suit. Historically, you could, an ounce of gold would buy you a suit of armor. But even today, what is it now? It's about nineteen hundred bucks. Sure. Well, that's, that's a nice suit. And oddly, the price of gold, which is, you know, it, it, it does have an inflation rate. There's a small inflation rate in the amount of which gold. Which is tied to the, the, the discovery of new gold. Yeah. Discovery being the important word, not the printing. Not of. the printing. Right. It's, <laughs> it's a, there's a finite amount. Yeah. It's very, very limited supply. It does increase a little because we, of what is discovered yeah. every year. But compared to the amount of money, it, so it, when things are on the gold standard, you would look back at the prices because they've, they've tracked a lot of prices over time. Sure. Uh, here's an example. A can of Campbell's soup. Campbell's soup. Ca- Campbell's tomato soup. I was thinking of Andy Warhol. Yeah, well, that has gone up in price. The, the Warhol Campbell's soup paintings. Yes. <laughs> quite a lot of inflation. We're talking about the actual soup. That We're you can talking eat. about the actual can of Campbell's soup. Yep. From the period of of the, maybe the mid 1800s to 1970, the price of Campbell's soup barely went up at all. And then from 1970, when we got off the gold standard, to now, it's gone up like like 13x since then because of the money printing. Again, right. the if anything, the the cost to produce that can of Campbell's soup should be a lot cheaper today than it was 50 years ago, let alone 100 well, that, years ago. That's a great, that's actually a great point because it's not like, it's not like the cost of producing it. No, you can imagine should, the, should go up. The, the actual quality of the ingredients obviously have gone dramatically down. Right. Right. The cost right. of the ingredients have to be lower right. than a hundred years ago when they're probably like freshly grown tomatoes, like from a local Squeezed by garden. a human yeah. person <laughs> into a can. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so these uh, are just examples of they're all around us, but of course, one on any one given can of Campbell's soup, if you're, you buy one, yeah, it's still it's not like a lot of money per unit. 
So this is that sort of, it's that hidden creep. It creeps. creeps. It creeps up on you. And if the price of Campbell's soup goes up by 10 or 15 cents, like who cares? Right. I mean, really, I mean, it's not, a, it's not an amount that makes it a, a dramatic impact on everyone's life. I shouldn't say that. I mean, for a lot of families, it probably is a, just yeah. that kind of expense yeah. over the course of a year is real money. That's right. And we got to just be mindful of that. I mean, people, this is the people that who can afford it the least are impacted the most. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But let me get to the second part. I'm going to flip a question on you now. Yeah. Throw it at me. What if I told you it got even worse? <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. But <laughs> We too low. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Oh, my but God. Wait, there's more. How could it possibly possibly get worse, Dan? Well, it gets worse for most people. It gets a lot better for some, though. Yeah. So, Trent, could you even imagine that this system were designed not just to paper over and excuse the government's mismanagement, mm -hmm. but to benefit certain people in the world on top of it? Could you believe sad that? Sad but true. I mean, sad but true. And do you know? Who benefits from the system more than anybody? Probably the people closest to the money printer. Yeah, the people closest to the money printer, yes. But the system, more than that, the system was designed by and for the wealthy mm -hmm. who own all the assets. Right. Because this is so insidious and now Now we're getting to diabolical. diabolical. We're in diabolical. We're in Dr. Evil territory. <laughs> We're in Dr. Evil. Because look, if it if it were limited to just to just bailing out the government's terrible decisions, if right. it was just somehow limited to that, right. you could say, well, that's awful. No, it's insidious. It's insidious and it's awful. <laughs> but it makes sense. These politicians want to stay in power. Yeah. But what if it were really designed to make rich people richer mm -hmm. at the expense of the poor people that have to suffer through the inflation? Because by increasing the number of slices of pizza, right? Yeah. In your example before, that's all it does. It goes from eight to 16 to, you know, however many slices of pizza. So prices go up of everything. Mm -hmm. So all the food at the grocery store costs more. Yep. But what else goes up a lot more and a lot more is things like stocks. Stock value of public traded companies. That, Real estate. Yep. Home prices. Right. Uh Oh, but everybody has access to oh, that, man, right? No. If, if only no. everyone did. No, exactly. So the wealthy people, the top, say, 20, 15, 20% of in, in, in wealth own, own, own almost all of the assets. Right. So the net result of all of the money printing is that poor and middle class people have a much more expensive world. Mm -hmm. And rich people just get dramatically richer. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and by the way, like it's it's the wealthy who have primary access to the politicians who are proximate to the money printer. One and the same, absolutely. So it's the same class. It, it's it's a it's a it's the ruling class. It's a vicious cycle or virtuous cycle, depending on what side you're you're on. The, the rich people buy access. The politicians get rich. They want to stay rich. It's this power. 
They keep it, hitting the lever. Exactly. Right. They're re- so really, in a sense, it's one and the same interest. If only there was sort of a democratized uh, store of value, that would be I, that I, would be I, sort I, of, Could such a thing exist? That would be the solution, but more on that later. <laughs> yeah, we can't even say that word today. We're not even saying yeah, that word. No, we're, we're not. This is a Bitcoin it podcast. Fa- it's about the world. I mean, it is fascinating because you really do – you sort of – just you, you you're born and you grow up and you and you get out into the world on your own and you just sort of take just like death and taxes the idea that everything's going to always cost more but there's a, there's a very complicated and troubling story behind that right and you know we talked last week for a bit about the gold standard and i think that's just on its that on its own is a fascinating sort of turning point in this long story about about value about money about currency about purchasing power um but but for me that that's been like one of the most fun things to think about and explore in my own sort of bitcoin journey is is like it just allows you to question things in a different way like why why is it this way and does it have to be this way? And I think the answer to the first question, why is it this way, is what we've tried to cover in these first two episodes, like proximity to the money printer. Well, why is that a problem? Well, it's a problem because it makes each dollar you have worth less. So it's it's this sort of it's this ghost theft behind the scenes, this subtle diminishment of value of time. Your time is worth less every year. Um, so that's the that's the that's the sort of why, and then and then the is could it be different? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. And I think that's actually the main point of this whole thing. Yes, is yes, it can be different, and there is a a a, a very exciting alternative to this system that we just sort of buy into. You know that we we buy into, and and if you look at where you know American politics are now, and and this is not a left or a right sort of point, but it's just like the the disarray, the frustration, the the this this general malaise. I heard a colleague recently talk about moral disengagement. Oh, I like that. this idea that like we're all just so fed up that we're sort of like throwing our hands up with the whole idea of morality. Well, you, uh, you know, it, it's it's an interesting there, time. Well. If if people think that there's any coincidence eh, coincidence that we're seeing actual lawlessness yeah. at a scale that I don't think anyone has seen. I mean, there were things like civil rights yeah. protests and there are very important things over the years yep. where there were, you know, mass demonstrations right. and things. I'm just saying something maybe a little different. Yep. Where it's it's actual just lawlessness where yep. these you know, these what have these um flash mob attacks on on stores or people just like walking into stores and just right. walking out with stuff with no fear of repercussion. Right. And I think by the way, we're just at the beginning of that. I mean, I think that that yeah. trend is not reversing because it feels exponential sort of like inflation. <laughs> yeah. Well, people know they're suffering, right? People know they're suffering. If people know the government's responsible. They don't necessarily have connected all the dots. Right. But people are not dumb. Right. People understand. But they see the wealth gap only widening. Mm-hmm. 
it is obscene. I mean, I, I just saw a recent graph. I don't have it to put up or anything like that, but it was a, it was something, it was a comparison that was, it was a, the CEO pay as a ratio of their average worker pay of that company. Right. And it used to be something like 30, 40 times, which by the way is a lot. Mm-hmm. There's no, I mean, yeah. CEO makes 30 times the average you worker. You make $30 for every dollar I make. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, now it's in the order of 200 X or right. something. Right. At the survey. I mean, I'm not sure. Obviously, it's not every company, right. but it like that's the wealth gap. You know, that's the gap widening. Right. The rich are getting obscenely richer mm-hmm. at the expense of everyone. Right. Else. And look, we are capitalists. I mean, I know this yeah. is sound, it's sounding a little bit like we're getting in, you know, into some sort of socialist territory. Yeah, I know. Not at all. Right. Not at all. Right. Socialism is unblemished with success in world history. OK, that's <laughs> the the. Property what rights are at say. the at individual. Property rights are the the mother of all rights. Frankly, right. we don't have any other. If you don't have the right to prop, private property of yourself and actual yep. property, you, you really have no other rights. So right. this should be a wake up call. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I mean. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, the intellectual pursuit of learning about Bitcoin, you come to see that th- there are these very systemic problems in the world, and it is uh it's not a political. Mm-hmm. It, like you said, it's not left, right. It's right. not red, blue. Right. It's really state statism. Really, I mean, it's it's the powers that be of the state, right? Government and the powers that be, right? And so that's 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 really the the main the main point of this episode. So I so we where I work, we had this uh, incredible sort of you know October is. Um, sort of indigenous people's month, excuse me. And we had this incredible uh, Aztec dance group come to school, come to, to where I work uh, on Monday and they came last year too. So I've seen the thing and and in between each dance they do. and, And this is phenomenal stuff. They're in the full sort of, traditional Aztec regalia, like huge peacock feathers. So the main guy who was the drummer, he looks like he's eight feet tall. It's just a pretty striking thing. And in between each set they do, they they do some history about native peoples and in, in sort of North America and 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 tribal culture, etc. And um he talked this time about how Mexico City is 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 about to be 700 years old uh, and he talked about how in the earliest days of Mexico City in the in the 16th century i guess they had k through 12 schools they had hospitals they had farmers markets they had grocery stores they had plumbing they had every sort of thing that we think about and he said did they, did they have pickleball they they had probably they had a version of pickleball they had that head they had with the head yeah we may be we may be blending cultural cultural uh illusions but in any case we're not cultural experts uh but yes they had the the pickleball but with heads human heads but he said the the thing about that culture that was incredible is they had, there was no sort of money. It was all, it was all sort of trade and barter. Mm -hmm. And, and it was this like incredibly peaceful 
thriving place where everybody had food, everybody had healthcare, everybody had access to education. This is 600 years ago. Yeah, that's incredible. With a, with a group of people that we in our current American culture refer to as, you know, backwards, third world invaders, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yet, like, there is a way to do it. Oh, yeah. There are ways to figure this out. And by the way, you know, a culture like that, because it was barter, because it was very clear uh, markers of currency that couldn't be reproduced easily. Yeah. Like, they that's had, a sound money. They had, there's a sound money. 700 years they barter. had it. A yeah. barter economy is not efficient. I get it. And, right. you know, it doesn't work right. so well in this sort of modern world right. we live in. But if you think about the underpinning of a barter economy, it's people negotiating value all the time. Right. You, you can only get a thing if you exchange something of that the other person considers of equal value. Right. right. Instead of somebody walking around being able just to, to, to print the thing that they exchange for money. I mean, right. or for goods. It's and crazy. I, and I think the point is like the more detached that like barter idea, like I see value in what you have, you see value in something I have when we make an exchange, the more divorce that that becomes, uh, the more divorce that a, a monetary system becomes from that like base level human exchange that's where we get into this problem that we're, we've talked about today, which is, which is printing money sort of without any guardrails and the repercussion downstream of everything costing more every year. The cost of living adjustment goes up. It always goes up. It's just a question of how much it goes up. Yep. And this idea that like to live in the world in a country, quote unquote, as advanced as the one we're in, oh yeah, it just costs more. When we actually deep down know that like the flat screen TV, the can of Campbell's soup, like producing that should cost less because of technology, because of innovation, because of advancement, because of sort of the collective intellectual power of, of our country or other countries, the cost of these things should go down, but it goes up because of this falsely propped up sort of regime of, of money printing and, and, and power and, and all of those things. And it's like, there is another way. Yeah. There what is. is it? What is the other way? <laughs> we can't say it yet. I can't, can't, we got it. You know, Not we got episode seven at the end of episode 10, we will reveal the way. <laughs> this is a long riddle. It's a, it's a 450 minute riddle. It gets revealed at the very end, Ugh. but you probably guessed. True. But look, I, the, the constant comparisons to the, what I, the term I would use is the natural world. Yeah. Of course, it's not just nature. I mean, it's, it's cultures that have existed throughout the world for thousands of years. Yeah. Have, you know, the, there's nothing new under the sun in a way. Technology changes, but really there's really nothing yeah. new under the sun. Yeah. People are the same. And the incentives are have been around forever. And the more that the societies approximate natural world mm -hmm. rules, like a sound money, right? You know, we're very successful, vibrant, you know, flourishing right. places right. throughout history that politicians have figured this out. That there's just this this new tool that they created. By the way, fiat. This fiat world that we live in, mm -hmm. it's a fairly new uh, experiment. 
Yeah. Certain places have tried it over the years. The vast majority of experiments with paper fiat currency that isn't tied to, say, natural metals, yep. you know, gold and silver, yep. have failed. Right. There's been lots of examples that have happened. Mm -hmm. And we're in the middle of a big one now. I mean, the U.S. dollar as the big, you know, the world reserve currency, the you know, U.S. treasury is a world reserve asset. We have all these advantages, biggest military, yep. biggest economy. So this U.S. dollar is not going down anytime soon. Right. Not going down without a fight. And maybe it won't ever go down. Right. I think we probably hope it does never right. go away. The world would be a pretty awful place if it collapsed. Right. right. But that said, you know, there's 170 other currencies right. in the world. Right. And all run by humans. Right. And with we see hyperinflation sort of in places all over the world. Mm -hmm. And it is just this is a global problem. Some places it's so considerably worse than here. I guess another thing I just want to be mindful of is we have it really good. Right. And it's still ridiculously bad in the US. Right. I mean, inflation is is raging in so many countries right now. I mean, could you imagine if prices doubled? Right. All the time? Right. I mean, how, how do people live? There's a great book, When Money Dies, about the period between World War One and World War Two in Germany, mm. when the, because of the huge debts, the Deutschmark, yeah. Well, Germany was saddled with all these debts from World War One and mm. the Treaty of Versailles, and they were they were forced to pay it back, mm. and they had it, they couldn't pay it back in their own currency. They had to pay it back for you know pounds or dollars or whatever. Yeah. So they. Res, you know, resorted to printing as much as they could right. to acquire the foreign currency to pay back the debt. Anyway, so they weren't allowed to pay back in Deutschmark, right. so they had to buy foreign currency to pay it back. Exactly. So, so, so to buy it, they had to print Inflate. it, which immediately sunk the value of their... Hyperinflation. Terrible inflation. You, I mean, some of the worst that the world has seen, especially in any kind of modern yeah. history, right? The and price then, of Lederhosen just went through the roof. <laughs> well, I would... This this is thing. This is so tragically not funny, is because it led directly to a populist movement that became right. Nazi Party and Hitler. Right. Direct correlation. Right. So that's that's a very obvious example, but it's it's a very clear example that this is these are the results. Right. I mean, we're seeing lawlessness in the streets here. Yeah. That's no. That's a lot different than you know Nazi Nazism, but. It it just shows you, and by the way, it could be a leftist populist movement too. Right, you know, right. History has recorded right. tragedies on every side of the political spectrum right. of a result of people that are just fed up. Yeah, so we we need to make sure it doesn't get to that. And there's a lot of upset right now. Yeah, and on all sides, on every side, and not that this is a silver bullet answer, but there is, you know, there. If if you do the work and put in the time and learn a little bit about Bitcoin, you know, there's some interesting uh, alternatives. Well, there's there's another way. Right. There's another way. But we are at our uh, 45. At our tight 45. We're going to do a tight 45. We're going to stick to it. Excellent. Okay. I think this is good. All right. Until next time. Until next time. All right. Adios.